podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Home Sense. Why is it Home Sense? The prices make sense. Ooh, outdoor is in. Are those plates melamine? Pretty planters, pillows, lanterns. Pretty much everything outdoor. And the savings. What oh, makes sense to me now? Out save on outdoor. Find a store at homesense.com. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya. Yeah. Quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Everybody and welcome to the Cobb Table podcast. Where today we are previewing the Liverpool versus Sheffield United game this coming Thursday at Anfield. Joining me once again, we have Jay Riley. You can get Jay on the Radio City Fan Friday talk show uh, at the Cop HQ on Twitter and regular with us on the Cop Table. So, how are you feeling, Jay? Had a good Christmas and uh, etc. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously now it's the final day of 2019 and what a fantastic year it's been. You know, a lot of good things gone on in my personal life, but also, you know, obviously Liverpool winning three trophies, the big one, the European Cup, and, you know, now flying high, aren't we, in the Premier League and hoping to go into this game now against Sheffield United to start the new year off in style and 2020 could be massive for Liverpool. Yeah, certainly could be a lot to look forward to and yeah, and, and a lot to look back on as well from a, from a very successful year that we've just had. But just going back to our, our previous game against Wolves, and obviously we've done our podcast and, and made our predictions, but um, we knew it was going to be a tight game, but this was was a was a really, really tough game, wasn't it, for us? Uh, obviously, Wolves had some chances at first half and a couple of chances second half, and we we did seem to struggle because more than likely due to the to the amount of games that we played and um, not enough fresh legs on the pitch. But just give us your thoughts on the on the performance against Wolves, please, Jay. Well, yeah, it was a little bit surprising because you would have expected more so the game against Leicester on Boxing Day with all the travelling that was involved, going to Qatar for the World Club Cup and. You would have thought Liverpool, if any game, that might have been the game that took its toll on Liverpool into Leicester, but that wasn't the case and we were fantastic in that game. So going into the game against Wolves, you know, all the preparation, the lack of preparation, shall we say, that Wolves had, I mean, played less than 48 hours against Manchester City at home and Liverpool had had the extra day rest from the Boxing Day fixture against Leicester. It all pointed to a comfortable game for Liverpool you would have thought against Wolves and you know, all things considered you'd, you'd expect Liverpool to, to be comfortable in the game and that certainly wasn't the case at all I mean okay fair enough Liverpool did start quite quickly and could have easily have been 2 or 3 nil up early on but as the game progressed I mean it was becoming a little bit of a struggle and a bit frustrating and Wolves come more and more into the game and the, the VAR incidents 
I mean, it's it's absolutely ruining football, isn't it? Because you don't know whether you're coming or going. You don't know whether you can celebrate a goal or or you can't celebrate a goal properly until you get confirmation. It's it's just a farcical situation. And I mean, what you've got to think about for Liverpool's goal that we scored just before half time. It was terrible refereeing by Anthony Taylor, who, to be honest, to be fair to him, even though he's he's Altingham based, which is pretty much Manchester, isn't it? And he gets a lot of stick from Liverpool fans. He tends to do okay refereeing and officiating Liverpool games, but I thought he was a disgrace on Sunday. And what epitomised it was the goal, Sadio Mane's goal. He, he blows up basically for the handball with Lallana and the build-up to the goal. It's quite clearly it's his shoulder. So it was a terrible refereeing decision. And, you know, obviously it wouldn't have eliminated the need to have VAR anyway. And that actual decision itself was 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 correct in VAR terms. But then, obviously, Wolves were going went down the other end of the field, and you know, just before half time, end up scoring an equaliser, which we all, well we thought was an equaliser anyway, and only for VAR to intervene. Now, honestly, you look at it and you think if that was against Liverpool, you'd be absolutely furious, wouldn't you? Really, but Liverpool have had two decisions this season yeah. that have, have gone against us, very similar to that. One recently, actually, in December time against Watford at home, a crucial part of the game, start of the second half, would have made Liverpool 2-0 ahead. More cruise control, really, in the second half. Sadio Mane was a judge to just be marginally offside. So you take it on the chin, we ended up going on to win the game anyway. And there was also an incident away to Aston Villa, um, start of November time. And, and again, you know, Roberto Firmino, to me, looks on sides, you look at the freeze frame on VAR footage and it's, it's very marginal to say the least, you know, we're talking about armpits here and, you know, we felt a little bit hard done by and thankfully in that game as well, we come from behind eventually in that game to win it. And, and this occasion again, it's another situation where, you know, it's, if you were, if, if you're a Wolves fan and you're a Wolves player, Wolves manager, coaching staff, you'd be absolutely distraught over it because it was very, very harsh. But I suppose if you're looking at the rules and regulations and and, and everything that's in place, it's actually the correct decision, isn't it? The call light of the day is the correct decision. It's just infuriating because you've had them go against you, you've had them go for you. And it's a farcical situation that we're involved in now in football with VAR and you know, I don't really know anybody now that that thinks it's a good idea and it's a good introduction, implementation into the game. It's ruining the game. You know, as I say, you're at the game and, you, and there's a goal goes in. You don't know whether you're coming or going, whether you can celebrate or not. But thankfully, you know, they went in our favour, didn't they, there? And Liverpool led 1-0 at half-time. And it was always going to be tough second half, you simply because they would be fuming, wouldn't they, at half-time in the dressing room and... Alpha blood really second half and having a point to prove to be smarting from it from the decisions that went against them and you know that's exactly what happened second half I mean Liverpool did have their opportunities to kill the game off but I thought Wolves were very very good they impressed me and when you consider the fact that they played just less than 48 hours against Man City towards the end of the game they were coming on strong and they arguably deserved the points so Liverpool done really well to dig in and get the three points and Liverpool were the team that tired the most and it surprised me a little bit it was almost like a delay from what happened going to Qatar and all the travelling involved and the bounce factor and the confidence that we gained from that success of winning another trophy we used it to our advantage against Leicester on Boxing Day but then this was the game against Wolves a couple of days later that actually 
got us and, and the fatigue kicked in then and Liverpool were blowing on, you know, blowing on the, on empty at the end of the game and Wolves had quite a lot of opportunities and thankfully they wasted three or four of them in the last ten minutes and we held on to get the three points but very impressed with Wolves. It was a very good performance by them and you know, probably arguably the best team to come to Anfield this season so far. You know, they were that good really and you know, credit to them, respect to them for, for the way they performed. But, you know, at the end of the day, Liverpool get the three points and we're flying high and, you know, back to 13 points clear of Leicester, you know, 14 points clear of Man City and, and we've got the game in hand as well still. So, you know, things are absolutely brilliant for Liverpool at the moment and, you know, thankfully we got the three points. Yeah, and like you said there, there was there was a lot of players struggling at the end, wasn't there, fitness-wise? I know Genie Wijnaldum was one, he looked absolutely out on his feet towards the end of the game and I th- think he was replaced wasn't he by Milner um, late on but just looking forward towards the Sheffield United game Jay obviously now the, the squad's looking a little bit little bit on the bare side isn't it with, with Shaqiri also injured as well now so what do you see um, Jürgen doing with his with his potential lineup? do you see him making changes for this game and the likes of Milner, Cater players like that coming in, Arigi possibly as well, to um, to replace some of the ones that played against Wolves? Well, if you think back to the last podcast, I said I expected three or four changes for Liverpool and it didn't materialise. The only change that we did have was Adam Lallana came into the starting line for Naby Keaton and it really did surprise me that because I thought Klopp might have thought to himself, well, look, Wolves have just had a game recently. They're going to make four or five changes, which they actually did do. Um, and it was an opportunity for Klopp to make a similar amount of changes but as we've seen you know, it, it was the correct decision by Klopp really to go with the strongest possible team that he thought available and just take the one out because really Wolves performed really well didn't they and, and, and Liverpool if we would have played a weekend team who knows what could have happened but I just think it, it, it was a game too far really and thankfully we got the three points because so many players were, were dead on the feet really towards the end of that game and not many really covered themselves in glory even the likes of you know Manny was quite quiet for me and I also I know we got the winning goal but I didn't think he was particularly very good I thought Salah struggled a lot he, he was poor against Leicester and I thought he was poor against Wolves as well I thought Virgil van Dijk had one of his poorest performances for us and nearly cost us a goal as well in the second half and you know, it's just the amount of games that we've had lately. You know, who can blame them for having a little bit of a drop off in form? I thought Joe Gomez was outstanding. I thought he was brilliant. I was very surprised with Carragher giving Trent Alexander Arnold the man of the match on, on the day because for me, I thought certainly at the end of the game, he got exposed a lot and there was two or three occasions where he got roasted really. I thought it was a, a very strange yeah. man, of the, man of the match decision right, by right. Carragher to be, to, to be honest. I thought Joe Gomez was head and shoulders above anyone on that pitch in a red shirt on, on Sunday for Liverpool. He was fantastic really and he certainly got his mojo back now after an indifferent start of the season. Struggled to find his fitness and get game time. Wasn't, you know, first choice or anything was he? And now all of a sudden, He's, he's grabbed his opportunity with the injuries to, to Joel Matip and Dejan Lovren. He's grabbed it with both hands and he's been fantastic. He's arguably, arguably been better than Virgil van Dijk, which, which tells its own story how good he's been. He's been superb. Um, and he, for me, was, was well and truly man of the match for Liverpool on, on Sunday. So, yeah, I was a little bit surprised that Klopp went really strong, but I'm glad that he did because we managed to get the three points and, now looking ahead to this Sheffield United game, we have got an extra day's break. It's a four-day gap 
which is a godsend at this moment in time with the games that have been coming thick and fast. So it gives them an opportunity to, you know, to look at them a little bit more at Melwood in training and assess the fitness levels and getting, you know, involved with the sports science team to see what players are ready and available and if the ones that are a little bit undercooked and not fit and are a bit fatigued. So it's going to be an interesting team selection, but you would imagine there will be a few changes for this game and, the likes of James Milner, as you say there, could be vying for a starting berth. Maybe Naby Keita will start this game after sitting the game out against Wolves, only coming on as a late substitute. Um, Tivok Origi came on late in that game. Maybe he'll get a start in this game as well. So there is a couple of options, but we're sort of limited, aren't we, in the defensive department because we've got major issues there when you've got your other two centre-halves out injured and you know, you've also the fullback situation. I mean, we're talking about Milner starting the game and, and I'm thinking maybe in midfield, but maybe it'd be needed at left back because I thought Andy Robertson really struggled against Wolves as well. And, and you'd also look at Trent as well. You know, like the lads are he's 21 years of age and he's played a lot of football, hasn't he? So we haven't really got the options there to mix it up too much in the defence. So it's going to be a very interesting team selection what Jurgen Klopp comes up with for this game in Sheffield United. But after playing such a strong team and making only one change from the Leicester game to the Wolves game, I think maybe now this is the game where he will make three or four in. Yeah, and... Um... Obviously, just looking forward to the Sheffield United game, like like you just spoke about them. What what sort of threat are they are they going to pose us on on Thursday? Because they've they've done well themselves, pretty much like like Wolves, haven't they? They've they come into the top half of the table and they've pretty much cemented their their place in the top half. They they seem to press very well. We didn't have the best of games down at Sheffield United. We came away with a with a one 0 victory, but it wasn't by far our best performance, and it was a very difficult game. Sheffield United played Manchester City a couple of days ago and was very unfortunate to have a goal um, against them when the referee was was involved in, in the build-up to the play. I th- thought he should have blew up. Sheffield United scored late on as well to make it 2-1, so it, it could have ended up a draw that game. So, just give us your thoughts on the uh, the threat that Sheffield United are going to pose this Liverpool side on uh, Thursday, please, Jay. Well, yeah, I, I think... Um... Sheffield United have really impressed me this season. They've been fantastic when you consider. I, I never, I thought they were destined to just, you know, be one season wonders in the Premier League and get relegated. And I didn't have any hopes or optimisms for them staying in the Premier League at all, really. But they've been fantastic, haven't they? I mean, you look at Sheffield United and you think they're going to be a physical side, combative, you know, a little bit of a throwback, if you like, to maybe a Burnley type. But that's not been the case at all. They actually play some really good football. And when we found out, when we went to Bramall Lane earlier on in the season, we struggled to get to grips with the, the system that they use, where they have three centre-halves with the two full-backs pushed on as wing-backs. And it's not just a flat back three or a flat back five because one of the centre halves tends to to drop into midfield as well and push on and even goes past the you know the midfield runners and that so they they are a very good side and I like the manager I mean he seems like a little bit of an art doesn't he he's a very tenacious type of individual and he takes no mess and does he and he's the boss there and they all know it they know he's the main man and in so many ways it's similar to playing Wolves that he play good football and, and they've got a system that they, they sort of like they're religious with and they, they trust the manager and the manager's the main man there and whereas with Wolves they've got a lot of foreign players a lot of, of Portuguese and Spanish and what have you 
jotted in a, a, a mixture with like the odd few English players like your Connor Cody's and you know where um, Doherty who scored the winning goal against Man City. When you look at uh, Sheffield United, they're a little bit the opposite because they're just full of Scottish, Irish, English players with the odds player that's that Moussa, the French lad who scored the goal, but the goal that was disallowed into Man City. I think he's a very good player and when he was at Bournemouth last season, he didn't really get the chances or the rubber degree. I think he got a bit of an injury. He was out for three months and he never really settled properly there and then all of a sudden they sold him in the summer to Sheffield United and I think he's been very good for them and he looks a quality player to me and you know, he's the only one. There's not got too many many foreigners in the team. The rest of them are all like British players and you know, they're a very combative side, but they're a very good footballing side as well, what I've seen. And, you know, they've impressed me. They really have. And their away form has been superb this season. I think that defeat that they suffered against Man City was the first away defeat of the season. And it was the first game as well this season where they hadn't scored in an away fixture in the Premier League. And it's very impressive, isn't it? I mean, they went to Brighton the other week and totally dominated the game. I think they could have won 3 0, but for VAR incidents. And we've seen how decent Brighton can be when they came to Anfield not so long ago. Um, other than that, you know, they, they, they went to Tottenham and gave a great account of themselves as well. And again, but for VAR, you know, they could arguably have won that game. Um, we've seen them at home to Manchester United, sorry, in recent times. They were 2 0, cruise control, had a 10 minute spell where they switched off, went 3 2 down unbelievably, but then managed to come back and get an LAC equaliser. So, you know, they're a dogged, determined team, but they also play good football. They've been mightily impressive for me. I like the manager. There's a lot to like about Sheffield United, but, you know, first and foremost, we've got a, we've got a job to do against them here on, on the weekend and, uh, on, sorry, on Thursday. And, and like, you know, it's, it, it's going to be massive if we can get three points, but make no mistake, this is going to be a really tough game against Sheffield United. Yeah, most definitely. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. It's going to be a, another difficult fixture, like Klopp said, well, most of these games now in, in the running are going to be really difficult games. You've got teams fighting for Europa, Champions League, relegation places. So there's no easy games, is there? And we've just got to take each game at a time and, and see where it takes us. And fingers crossed we can um, we can do this at the end of the season. So just one or two other things that's been in the in the, the headline the past couple of days. Yeah, just looking at the, the news now, Liverpool pages. One thing is uh, Adam Lallana possible offer of a new contract. Just a, a few few newspapers are reporting that Jürgen's prepared to offer him a new one-year deal. Whether that's a case of trying to get a little bit of money in for him to save him going on a free transfer, I'm not too sure. But what's your thoughts on a on a possible offer of a new contract to Adam Lallana? Well, I think it's it's quite clear, isn't it, that Jürgen Klopp has always really admired. Adam Lallana, when he first took over at Liverpool, he was one of his, his main men, wasn't he? And he was, he had a very good season, the first, I think, first 18 months under Klopp. Lallana was very good and he was an important member of the team and important member of the squad. Liverpool have evolved the last couple of seasons and, and mainly without Lallana because he suffered a, 
horrendous with injuries, really, and the team sort of evolved away from that type of player. But whenever he's been called upon this season, he's certainly done a job for us. I mean, you know, Liverpool have only dropped points so far this season in one game, and that was at Old Trafford. And who was the man that came off the bench to get the goal to, to equalise in the game? It was Adam Lallana. And there's been other games that he's filled in for us. I yeah. remember he was selected to play central midfield against Aston Villa um, in November time in the absence of Fabinho. And I thought he was very good in that role. I mean, it was raised eyebrows at the start of the season when people were saying he's going to be considered as the number, in the number six role. And Klopp said, you know, that's where, where I see his future playing there because, you know, he's good on the ball. He's got an eye for a pass and what have you and can set the tempo. And people weren't really too keen on it. But the fact of the matter is Jürgen Klopp knows more than anyone else, doesn't he? And, he, he thinks it was a good position for the lad, and so it's proved in certain games he's played there this season. Um, he also came into the side against Everton in the Derby game when we made five or six changes in that game, and he had a good, he put in a really good performance on, on the night as well at Anfield. And then again, you know, against Wolves there on Sunday, he didn't play in the sixth role. He played a little bit more advanced, but it's because. He does press a lot, Adam Lallana, and he was involved in the goal as well. And even towards the end, before he got substituted, he was running on empty, and he didn't have the greatest of games in Wolves, to be perfectly honest with you. But what epitomised his effort and his determination and the character of, of the way he is. You know, he managed to great defensive work right before the substitution. And, you know, it goes a long way with fans because he's not ever, he's not everyone's favourite player. You know, there is like Liverpool fans out there who, who can't wait to see the back of him. But, you know, you, no one can ever fault his efforts and his heart and his desire to play. It's just that he's unfortunate with injuries and he is a little bit of a sick note. He does suffer with injury problems quite a lot, but that's just the nature of the way he is. It's, you know, it's unfair on him to, to criticise him because of that it's just just the way it is isn't it you know he suffered and I'm sure he's frustrated himself um, in terms of giving him a new contract I'm sure Klopp probably would like him around because he, he's an experienced professional now he's into his 30s isn't he and as I've said there when called upon this season he's done a job for Liverpool there's no doubt about that but I just think the age that he's at now he's probably thinking I need to play football week in, week out when I'm fit. And, and the chances are it's, they're quite remote, aren't they, at Liverpool? Because he's only really getting games here and there when Liverpool are suffering injuries in the main, isn't he? Because at this moment in time, Liverpool have got a couple of injuries in the middle of the park, obviously to Fabinho and Oxlade-Chamberlain, so it's not been ideal. And, you know, he is down the pecking order, so in his mind, he might think... Look, I need to be playing regular football and I'm not going to quite get that at Liverpool. The last couple of seasons I've been a squad man. Yeah, albeit he's been injured, but even when he's been fit and available, he hasn't really got many starts. So, you know, whether or not he does sign a new deal, it remains to be seen. But I think maybe there will be a method to the madness in the sense that he's an English player and, you know, you, you need to have English players in your squad, don't you, moving forward. But... You know, time isn't on his side. He's into his thirties now, so maybe he does think that it's time to move on and move back towards the south coast, move back home, really where he came from. And I think that is the designs behind it because I know someone who knows his missus actually. And to be fair, like they have wanted to move back for a while now. It's just you know who wants when you're at Liverpool and you're winning trophies as he is doing now. 
it's difficult, isn't it, to turn your back on a club like that, especially if they still want you. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the summer. But, you know, I'm sure Klopp will want to give him a goal on contract, maybe a year or two. But whether or not Lallana will sign, I'm not so sure. OK, great stuff, Jay. Right, just before we finish uh, our final podcast then of 2019, we're going to get your score prediction for the Sheffield United game and the, your reasons for them, please, Jay. Well, as I said before about Sheffield United, they've been very impressive and it, it's strange that they've been better away from home than they've been at home this season. So, you know, it's it's quite clear to see that it's going to be a tough game this on Thursday against them and the no mugs and, and the manager wild. I mean, when you look back to the game when we played them at Bramall Lane, Liverpool only beat them because of a fortuitous goal from Genie Wijnaldum that went through the goalkeeper's legs and you know, they will look at that in terms of the, the team talk before the game to say, we've we done well against Liverpool and both, you know, a freak goal really, we've lost the game in a game that they arguably might have said we deserved the points. Liverpool were particularly great on the day. I think it was half 12 kickoff, wasn't it, on a Saturday afternoon and we had a couple of chances in the game, but so did Sheffield United and it did take a free goal really for Liverpool to claim all three points. So they could use that to their advantage. Um, also the fact that they probably feel a bit hard done by as well in the last game when the referee basically aided Man City in taking the lead it should have been blown up for, and given us a bounce ball because he, he impeded the Sheffield United play and it led to Man City scoring a goal it was shocking referee and really and, and obviously they'll feel hard done by with that and they ended up losing the game 2-0 in the end De Bruyne scored late on so you know, there's, they've got the extra day's preparation just as we have as well. So there's no reason why they should make that many changes for the game, really. Um, as I say, they're a very good side. That's the only defeat they've had away from home this season. So I'm fully expecting it to be a close game yet again. If you look at Liverpool's, some of Liverpool's games recently at Anfield, I mean, We've spoken about the Wolves game there, but even before Christmas against Watford, it wasn't, you know, fantastic, was it? We were one nil off towards the end of the game. Watford were, were pushing for an equaliser and then Liverpool scored late on to make it 2-0 against Brighton as well. We were 2-0 up early on. Second half, Brighton were very good. Liverpool went down to 10 men and they pulled one back and Liverpool were hanging on. There's been quite a lot of games recently at Anfield where Liverpool have not been vintage Liverpool. They've been hanging on in games, just about doing enough to get the job done. And that's all you need to do is get the three points and I think we could be in for a similar scenario against Sheffield United. I really do because I expect it to be a good, good open game of football and, you know, there are no mugs these. So to get three points, another three points will be massive. So all things considered, and, and as, you know, I do the Radio City fan talk show, as you know, and one of my favourite predictions of 2018 and 2019 has been Liverpool 2, the opposition 1. So I think why not end the end, well, start the new year off now, shall we say, in 2020 with the same sort of prediction. So I'll go for a Liverpool 2 1 victory. Going for the 2 1 victory, Jay. Yeah, like you say, it's, it's going to be a very, very difficult game, isn't it? Because Sheffield United, they're on the up. The confidence is high, flying out at the top end of the table. No signs of them being in any sort of relegation battle. So their thoughts are only going forwards, not backwards. So, yeah, all in all, I think difficult game. But I just think Liverpool, once again, they'll have a little bit too much for them in terms of players' quality. We've got world-class players all over the pitch. And I just think home advantage as well. I I can see us riding this one out with a a 2-0 victory. 
So, yeah, that's my prediction for the Sheffield United game. Right, so just before we go, I'd just like to thank everybody who's listened to the Cop Table podcast throughout uh, 2019 and, and the previous seasons as well. And big thanks to the At Liverpool online Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages who've been in association with us for the past season and, and put all our podcasts out on their platform. Also, big thanks to Gavin, Phil and the guys over at the LSC Day Tippers who, who do all our editing and put all our podcasts out on their platform as well. Also, don't forget to keep up to date with all the, the goings on with the No More Knives campaign with uh, with Paul, Lee and, and all the lads over there. Lots of um, good stuff happening and changing the thoughts of people in, in the Merseyside area as to into carrying knives and things like that. There's, there's, a, there's a big campaign going on over there, so don't forget to keep up to date with all the, uh, the goings on with them lads so yeah thanks very much uh, everybody wish everybody a, a happy new year 2020 so yeah same to you Jay as well have a uh, have a good new year yeah all the best mate and you know hopefully 2020 will finally bring home the holy grail of the Premier League title Yes, fingers crossed, eh? <laughs> we shall see. So, yeah, thanks everybody for listening to the Cop Table podcast. That's our, our last preview of 2019, Liverpool versus Sheffield United. All done. And we'll be back with you in the new year. So, everybody, have a great evening on New Year's Eve and uh, all the best for 2020. See you all very soon. Goodbye. So, let's say you're into yoga or Pilates. Or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R dot com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Sports Social Podcast Network.